0: What a show we got for you. Besides the 12 games, including the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs, we got a ton to jam in for the next two hours. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, super producer, Sammy McKee, all on board here. Got a good list of guests as well. We do. Keith Jones will join us in about 40 minutes. Bob we will stop by. We'll talk a little Oilers. And Carl Alzner, who's got a great podcast covering the Washington Capitals. He'll help us tee up tonight's game, and we'll see where the Caps are going. Caps are humming. They had a couple of losses, which I think led to a pretty uh, intense player meeting, player-only meeting, where so? they... Maybe ironed out a few things. Next thing you know, you're beating Tampa Bay. Next thing you know, you're beating the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're in a position to uh, maybe do some damage again. Well, to your point, they they took a
1: thumping before that players-only meeting. They lost to the Carolina Hurricanes 6-1, and then t- a few nights later lose to the Wild 5-1. Uh, you know, you have that come-to-Jesus moment. Those player, player-only meetings are fascinating. I imagine you've seen a, a handful of
0: those in your day. Yeah, they are. They start General out with themes? your captain, and you know the the leaders kind of start it up, and it it never really works, believe it or not, in my opinion, until you almost hear from the weakest link yeah. in the room. Yeah, if everyone's comfortable talking, we're going to get somewhere. Yes, and then there's still the first or second guy you uh, <sighs> in the in the room that if you can get those guys to pipe up. Then you 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 truly have a sense of where your team is, but if it's yeah. being dictated by three or four guys, we got to do this, we got to do that, and everybody else goes, yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah, and, and, and nod. It's still, yeah, it's still not enough.
1: I don't know what you think about this, but in my opinion, these things really only come about when the players are sick of hearing the coaches same redundant message, and not not that Laviolette's been there a long time or anything to that effect, but you know. Unless Laviolette talked to the leadership group and said, "Hey, you guys might want to handle this on your own. I'm going to, just, you know, step aside." Usually, it's like the coach leaves yeah. the room and someone goes, "Okay, you know what? F that guy and F what he's talking about." Here's the, you know, you kind of like chart your own course. Yeah, you, know, you hope nothing negative is happening there with the coach, but yeah. sometimes it's connected.
0: Also, in the show later on, we're going to get uh, we'll throw our, our weight and and our thoughts into uh, what's kind of taking the the league by storm a little bit. And this is an article out of The Athletic Mm -hmm. that's been led by Katie Strang, Ian Mendez, and Dan Robson that really focuses on uh, the late Eugene Melnick. Mm -hmm. And it's scathing. There's a lot of details in there. And a little disturbing.
1: I would say it's scathing because the truth is scathing in this
0: case. I don't think there's a ton of opinion in there. It's like, here's what happened. So we'll weigh on on that uh, later on in the show. And good time to be a Toronto fan in general. Let's bring in our producer, Sammy McKee. And Sammy, I'll ask you this one question. Mm. Aren't you gladdy? We've got <laughs> Vladdy. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> I thought you. Uh, Boo! I thought I thought I thought you were going to make me choose if no. I had to take a, a choice or something. But I'm no, really glad you didn't do that.
0: And on opening day, I said, "Who's going to have a bigger number in home runs or goals? Austin Matthews or Vladdy?" And you I, said it was a good question. I, I and, and then you told me sixty-five home runs is way too high. I, what do you I, think now?
2: I don't know what to think. I don't know how it's come to this with Toronto sports in general. It's it's really unbelievable, the star power across the city at the moment. You know, you look at the Leafs, obviously, Matthews and Marner. Uh, one of the best one-two punches. You might punches. have the Hart Trophy and the yeah. MVP in baseball. One of the best... One, two punches in the world. Bo and Vlad, not to mention the other guys. You look at the Raptors, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, star power. I mean, if you'll, if you'll let me, uh, TFC signing uh, Lorenzo Insigne, one of the biggest stars in European soccer play, starts for, starts for the Italian national team. Pretty big deal. He's coming to play for TFC in July. It's pretty amazing right now in, in the yeah. city of Toronto. And it's just, it's every night. I mean, the Blue Jays are amazing because they're every single night and you just get to watch Vladdy do what he does. But last night was Ridiculous boys. Just lasers all over the park. The 98 mile an hour heater. Shut up and inside in cold bye. <laughs> it just blows my mind watching it all. I I'm yeah. just every night I turn on my TV to watch sports and just neglect my my lovely fiance Allie and my dog. And I just sit there and go, Oh my God, I'm in heaven. This is unbelievable.
0: So the feeling should be good tonight. Just if you want to stick with the uh, the individual stars, Matthews versus Ovechkin. Yeah. And where do you draw the comparables now? One's a winger, one's a centerman. Uh, let's go to our first uh, Kippers Clippers with Sheldon Keefe. And this is, this is great. I want everybody to pay attention because this is very scientific out of Sheldon Keefe when he, when he talks about Matthews and Ovechkin. Have a listen.
3: They both shoot in the net a lot. I mean, there's that. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're obviously both very passionate about scoring goals, love to score, clearly. Um, yeah, they play different positions and they play differently <laughs> uh, for sure. Obviously, Ovechkin's, you know, um, as dangerous a shooter maybe as the game's ever seen off the pass and the one-timer and those kind of things. Austin is, you know, is, doesn't score as frequently on that type of shot but scores in different ways. So there's, you know, there's there's differences in their game for sure, but uh, the results seem to be quite similar. Obviously, oh, Ovechkin's done it for... Substantial amount of time and doesn't doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He should he should have just stopped it? They both shoot it in the net a lot. Yeah, that's it.
1: Well, I mean, I I understand the the desire to ask him. He scores a lot. He scores a lot. What do they have in common? It's like just that, just that they shoot it in a lot. Like there's no overlap to me. Do you see any between the way these two guys play? They're both large animals.
0: Just they they of course they they look different because they're they're different positions and we know a centerman has to cover more ice it's going to handle the puck a lot more yeah there's more of a sense of uh just make sure ovi gets the puck when he needs it it's
1: the nick kiprios model it's touch it when he's ready to shoot it that's right
0: don't give it to the kipper (laughs) unless he's in front of the net yeah and it's ovi just
1: wait till ovi's ready to shoot it into the hockey net stand over there and wait scraping the ceiling but really, like, I, I do think that the way Matthews operates, you know, he's he's in traffic and he's back behind his own net and he's scoring, you know, deeks and all that. I just think Ovi just gets it and shoots it in. So not, not a ton of overlap for me. Uh, interesting, though, to see the all time greatest goal scorer in the NHL. I know he's not there yet, but Ovi is going to be in that conversation. And Matthews ahead of his pace and goals per game by just a breath.
0: And that a little just- smidge. Right. Really has uh, what well, because Matthews has been hurt, right? Uh, doesn't have quite the number of he games. Doesn't have the raw at the same Ovi at the same did. age,
1: right? Ovi had scored more. Just yeah, and this is the question that a lot of people are, are want to ask: Is like, can Matthews get to where Ovi is? You know, can he score that many goals over his career? To which I'd I think you'd say longevity.
0: Sixty five is the number that. Uh, Ovi hit, that's his peak mm-hmm. prior to Ovi doing it. I think the last guy that came close was, uh, uh, he chased Mario Lemieux. 95, 96 Lemieux. Just doesn't happen very often. No. So how important is that now in, in the last nine games as, uh, as Austin's reminded of it tonight versus the guy that last did it?
1: I think you would answer your own question better than me. Not that important. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's, uh, I I get waves of this. Yeah, I, I really do. And th- there's a sense of me that does not want to ruin history for people, or and you know, poo it, and and to completely poo poo it. Excellent term, <laughs> Thank right? You. Don't necessarily dump all over it. You know me, guys. We've been on this show long enough. Team first. Yep. Everything's team first. And now. If we go back to maybe a baseball and we watch Clayton uh, Kershaw yep. being pulled. And, boys, that's not a baseball story. That is turned in a very short period of time into a major sports story. Yeah. On did the paying customer, did the fans I didn't even lose think a moment here? Did they lose what? a chance of pure history because they were over kipperized with team first did they go over the line they did they did and And
2: i i I, that was my one of my first thoughts imagine you're a kid go to the goes that baseball game and you're watching one of the all-time greats in the history of baseball clayton kershaw is one of the all-time great pitchers and you get to see him one time you're in a minnesota park it's an nl team they never come there he's got a perfect Game going through seven innings and they yank him like.
1: And you know what the stupidest thing about this too, Sammy, is like it's game seven. Oh, he gets hurt. Oh, he'll be yeah, back in July. Exactly. Like so, it's not like we're heading we into this, the postseason and, and we need to protect the. Guy. Well, no, it's relevant though because we're talking about resting yes. Matthews but, well,
0: before the playoffs, or We're talking about uh an individual effort that sits. And I'm not a baseball historian, but. That sits at the, at the peak of the mountain. That's it. Okay? This is not hitting for the cycle. No. Right? Great, great comparison. This is no. not, um, you know, I don't know. What else? Uh, it's not a no-hitter. No. It's not even close to being a no-hitter. Even that guys one have seven is more for, for, forgiving. <laughs> you know? yeah. But when we're talking about, you know, quarter of a million baseball games played and only 20-plus guys have done this. Somebody's getting ripped off of a moment here. And
1: and you know the risk was not that great to Kershaw. You know you heard him in the interviews after trying to say the right things. I heard Dave Roberts talk about, you know, team first and not trying to win one game, we're trying to win yeah 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 yeah. So this
0: is this is where I'm like I'm I'm watching this and I'm going, "Okay, it, I get it. I get it if you're 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 a kid. I get it if you're at the game tonight or you're going to one of the handful of games left and you got a chance to see him score 62 or 63 or 64. And if you are seven or eight, where is that embedded in your mind the rest of your life for when that happened? Where, Where were you?
1: It is interesting. You draw the amount of times no hitters that happened. Derek, I think you gave us a stat yesterday. What was it? 20 no hitters? 24, I think. Perfect 23 games. perfect games yeah. are 23 perfect games. How many players have scored 65 yeah. goals in the NHL and up? I want to say it's 12 to 18 yeah. uh, less than that. Yeah, it's around there.
0: It's it's around a dozen.
1: Yeah, I guess 12 guys. So yeah. we're talking about a comparable thing yes. here. And one of them might be a greater feat, given that it's over 82 games. You have to sustain the greatness. You can't have one great night. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's an arbitrary number 65, but it's somewhere, you know, something that guy, people haven't really got to. I don't know. It's, uh, I just think with the failures the Leafs have had in the playoffs, it changes the conversation about what's important with this team. And we do value team success in the postseason, so.
2: I, I, think, that, oh, I think that Matthews will be motivated to get 60 in front of Ovi tonight. I do feel like that matters to him. And Lisa? I think, listen, Keith got asked about that in the pregame, in the, in the pregame chat. He downplayed it. But the, like, I think that's got to be on his mind. You know, the guy that's supposedly the greatest goal scorer of all time. A guy, guy that's not a passing of the torch. I don't want to get too, too corny here. Right. But, like, it's an
0: opportunity. A,
2: I think it is, too. Yeah. The, these guys who are these super studs, they want to prove to the other super studs that they are the biggest guy. I feel like it's going to be a big night for Matthews tonight that he's going to try to prove it in front of uh, Ovi. All right. We're,
1: do you want to hear Kiefer on no. that?
2: No, I wouldn't. It was just a quick
0: crap.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we do have an um, – oh, uh, sorry. We good. already played the yeah, Ovi yeah, and Matthews. Yeah, tonight. we're
0: good with Ovi and, right. and Matthews. Um Okay, just one more baseball because I did watch the Jays last night, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, and I get it—the uh, the balance of you know letting individuals shine. And yeah. by the way, you know, Guerrero getting stepped on, patching you, his hand up, and playing through injury. No, and, you know, and, and, and going into the dugout and saying, "I'm not coming out." Yeah. Did you catch that one, Sammy? Oh yeah, that's the stars taking over. You know, Brett Hall. We had him on the other day, sitting there going, yeah, It's not happening, me sitting out. Okay. Yeah. Not happening. And Matthews will probably be the same way. You're, yeah, not, you're, not, it, you're not taking me out.
2: Good comparison okay. for sure. God, Vladdy's pretty tough.
0: I got right?
1: killed getting stomped on and like that. You know that. what? You're in Yankee Stadium and Garrett Cole's pitching, and it's an easy one if you're meek to <laughs> yeah. sit out. And he was like, No, I'm now, stand in there.
0: <laughs> My one knock on the Jays last night is this is when you need a team first. And that was uh, T Oscar. Yeah, don't let him take that next swing. Takes a swing, comes off the plate, acknowledges that he's hurt, discomfort, whatever you want to call it. Charlie's up on the top of the stairs. He's giving the the right knee up. Should I go? Should I not go? Go get him out. Team first, get him out. You don't know what that extra swing would have done to make the situation yeah. worse. But how do you draw the line? Because for then
1: Vladdy, Vladdy comes with his injury and you say, go back in. I yeah. guess you know it's a physical thing. It's not a
2: potential tear.
1: Yeah, it but that's is. Vladdy.
0: Um, yeah. G- Vladdy's up here. and Gibby would have tackled Oscars. him before
2: another swing. Gibby <laughs> wouldn't have let him swing. Would have no. Him.
0: Are, you, are
2: you in agreement with me? It was weird. Why, why are you leaving him in there? Now his oblique could be worse. Could oh, be yeah, worse. And
1: pitches on the outside of the anyways. reaching for it. Not good. Not not a good next
2: swing.
0: All right. That's just my uh, my Blue Jay take on on today. That's fine. I love that's
2: it. Fine. You're okay with that? I absolutely love Kipper Blue Jay takes.
0: All right. Carl Alsner is going to be joining us in about uh, what five minutes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Justin Hall again. I don't know if you want to call it experimenting or you know. Uh, looking at different scenarios for your top six going into uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, game one. But in essence, it's like an open canvas right now to what what the pairings will be and ultimately who is your seventh defenseman yeah. in game seven. So let's go to Sheldon Keith on his comments on Hall coming out of the lineup.
3: No, it's, I mean, it's, it's mainly just part of the plan here. Obviously, we, we've tried different things, you know, the last while here, you know, since Muzzin's come back and, and, you know, the way we look at it, we, you know, we've got the four left-handed shots that I think are real staples for us on, you know, in the back end. And, and uh, that leaves two available spots. And we've got three right shots that we, we like, you know, what each of them bring, you know, Halsey in particular, you know, was a guy that certainly have all the right shots, but even of, amongst any of our defenses. Probably played as difficult the minutes as any, you know, other than Riley and Brody for most of the season. You know, Halsey's right there. He's played on the penalty kill, you know, that has been vastly improved this season. He's played on on defense on the PK more than any guy that we have. So he brings great value to us there, yet you look at what Labushkin's brought and his physicality and the way that he kills plays and, and how great he is defensively. Uh, and then Lilligren, the steps that he's taken, and really rounding out his game. So we've we've got some difficult decisions there, but they're good problems for me to have as a coach. Nobody's questioning Hall coming out of the lineup,
0: correct?
1: Mm, I mean, a little, a little. I think a it, little or a little grin, <laughs> a little grin. I, I would say that's the question. This guy is. I want to say he's past Hall, but he is no longer clearly
0: the guy beneath Hall. See, I think he is. He, and not necessarily that's my take, Yeah. but I have no doubt in my mind that coming off that horrible game against Buffalo, Sheldon, Kyle, and maybe Brendan are, are looking at Washington coming in as a top team, and if this was game one of the playoffs, those are our six defensemen. No. Yes. Geez. Wow. Yep. See, I, I got, I got no doubt in my mind. Now, can can Lilligren play himself off of that? Yeah. Yes, I think. But today, yeah. game one, Hall's out, Lilligren's in.
2: I think that. Go ahead, Sam. Well, I was just gonna say, I completely agree with Kipper, and I think I would be very worried if I was Justin Hall right now.
1: Yeah, so I don't agree with you guys. I, I think that they love Labushkin, and Labushkin has changed the conversation about himself. I don't think they like. So he's not coming him out. out. I think he's in. That's right. I think he's in. And I think what happens is they put Lilligren back in. And the kid shoots in the net a couple of times, right? He had two assists one game. He shoots in the next, in the next game. And they're going, they just don't want to like, they don't want to take him out while he's rolling. They don't want, how do you, they don't want to punish him for good play. And they're saying, okay, well, Justin Hall can set out one hockey game. I still think the way that, that Keith talked about hall, he's saying hall out of any of our D have had the toughest assignment. He's on the penalty kill. He's playing the toughest matchups. You know, he's kind of going through the list of a guy that they use. They lean on, as I mentioned, the the penalty killing. I just think they just feel like they can't pull Lilligren out tonight. I do feel like they they still value what Hall is doing, and they know they can't give Lilligren those minutes. By the way, Lilligren is the other side of those Hall minutes where he gets the easy ones.
0: Okay, so let me just ask you, um, if if Lilligren's play continues to kind of go where it is right now, you're telling me then... You you'll still pull them out and ultimately go back to Hall.
1: I think so because I don't think they think that Lilligren can take those hard minutes, and they'd rather yeah. have a guy that can play the hard minutes yeah. in playoffs. No,
0: I disagree with you. They're going to go one hundred out
1: there to go stand in the crease and score goals in the playoffs. No, they're think?
0: not. No, they're not. But I think when it comes to defensively. And I'm not talking about the times that we we scream at the screen, don't go, you don't pinch, don't get, you know, you don't need to go down that low. I think from a defensive point of view, they look at Lilligren and he, he ends plays defensively better than Hall. No. Think so? Yes, I do. Hall's got that long reach I, and he's disruptive no, with the I stick. Think, I think there's not a lot of confidence stiff. in Justin Hall right now. And I...
2: I'm kind of happy that this has happened because I sort of agree with it. Uh, I, th- I think he's been better
1: since yeah. uh, you know for the last month or two. I think you've seen Justin Hall look like the
2: guy they thought he was. He's I, a go- he's a good option to be able to bring in, I think. But I I think that this is their yeah. ideal
0: six, and this is what they want to roll. With and
2: nah, no way.
0: They're they're also hung up on the left and the right, and there's more. Uh, the the, he said the they left- got four
1: lefts as locks,
0: locks, locks. Yeah. locks. But I. You know who's on the outside looking in, Sandine. Sandine. Sandine's going to need an injury to get back in,
1: which is crazy because he ran power play one in the postseason last year. Yeah,
0: but we know how that story ended. Not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really down to Hall or Lilligren.
1: It is. I agree. Well, unless Labushkin struggles, because I think that's still an option. Listen,
0: but there's a. They all can struggle. Yeah. Muzzin can not right. only struggle. He can be hurt tonight mm-hmm. and back out of the lineup. So, I mean, we're not saying anything's uh, etched etched in stone, but certainly we are looking at a scenario that, if everyone's healthy, uh, realistically, who who can come out? And, right, and there's not that many choices. Musin Brody's a nice pair, by the way. Yeah. We'll see tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see tonight. <laughs> I haven't seen it. All time. right, let's welcome in Carl Alsner. He's got uh, uh, a show called All's Caps Podcast. Make sure you check it out. Uh, Carl, thanks for joining us. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me, fellas. And thanks for showing out the pod. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. I'm a big podcast consumer, so it's been uh, it's been neat talking hockey on there.
0: Uh, and, of course, you're a natural, right?
4: Uh, i don't know i guess i mean <laughs> i'm not sure i'm a natural but I, I try and pretend like i am i just i guess maybe that's why i like podcasts because it's so casual you just just a conversation with somebody and it kind of comes out the way it comes out so yeah
0: we'll see and you've got uh an interesting team to cover on a daily basis led by one of the or the best modern day uh goal scores in history in, in ov and ultimately uh is it challenging to figure out truly if this team is ready to contend with the big boys or are they on the, just on the outside looking in, they had a couple of losses uh, that kind of led, I believe to a, a, a team player only meeting. Uh, and then they come back and, and have some big wings, wins against uh, Boston and Tampa Bay. So where are they in your mind?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. I mean, they, they've been, they've they've got good players, but it's just at times it seems like the focus seems to stray a little bit and uh, I I guess it does happen when you have when well sometimes it happens when you have a bunch of veterans on the team and they they know what the what the end game is and trying to try to get to the playoffs and stay healthy and this and that and and we all know the Eastern Conference is uh, pretty much well set in stone who's going to the playoffs just figuring out the matchups now so I, I feel like they maybe got caught in that rut you know not not a whole lot of excitement going on and then closed door meeting players only meeting you know what happens in there it's it's about account- accountability it's about details and I, I'm assuming that's what they talked about they were they were sick and tired of running around out there and not really you know doing the job that they're supposed to do and with 12 games left in the season it needs to you know that needs to be figured out so I think that's what they did and and they've been playing better I mean the games I've watched recently they've been on it they've been you know forecheck backcheck, staying above guys five guys in the picture and uh, it seems like the meeting did what it was supposed to do.
1: Carl, what's it like going through a season where, you know, the team basically feels like only playoffs matters, right? This is, a th- it was a thing. The Capitals were great in the regular season for years and everyone was waiting for them to get over the hump and uh, have that post-season success. Is it tough to stay focused waiting to get past game 82?
4: Uh, it is. Yes. Uh, it's not not so much at the beginning of the year and then right at the the very end of it. But, but yeah, January, February, March, like that's, you know, that's not when, when you want to be, you know, grinding it out so much. That's when you're like, okay, let's, let's hurry up and get going. And obviously nice to have an all-star break and, and some time off to to refocus. Um, But at the same time, you know, like we said, we we can't, you can't let it slide during that, that time because you could slide yourselves right into a tough matchup, which, You know they're all tough matchups, but I mean, Florida Panthers—like, not a chance. You don't want to, you don't want to play those guys right Right. now. And so, so that part of the season is is frustrating as a team that is typically a a playoff contender um, and expected to go far. But I mean, the the competition is just too hard. You you need to be on more than uh, more than they have been right now. And uh, the last four games have been good and scoring lots of goals, but you're running into a pretty good team tonight too.
0: We're speaking to Carl Alzner, former NHLer and now co-host of Alls Caps, the podcast. Make sure to check it out. So, pick your poison, I guess. Uh, we've been doing this for the last few months against uh, in the East with uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Tampa Bay, Boston, and now the Washington Capitals are now in a position to look at the Pittsburgh Penguins in the standings and and start challenging. Uh, uh, with with the big boys and and where does it end up uh, can we see a a Washington Capital New York Ranger would would everybody be interested in Tom Wilson versus the Rangers you know round 2 I'm pretty sure everybody would be interested
4: in it uh, at least at least everybody from from New York and and the DC area I think it would be pretty fun and you look at look at the potential matchups I mean uh, like I said you Florida—it's just a sickening matchup to think about with, with the way they've been playing. The Rangers brings that emotion. I think that would be really fun to watch because the MSG is a hard building to play in the playoffs. Fans are wild. It's—it's uh, it's just a crazy one. But then the one that I think about is Carolina. Like I don't—I don't really know which way to go with that one. They to, to me—I know Carolina's been better the last few years, but to me the way they've always been is I, I've enjoyed playing against them. <laughs> I like going to that place to play. <laughs> and and uh, you know how some teams you just feel good at, feel good about and i i think carolina is kind of that team for the capitals believe it or not i think tampa is also kind of that team for the capitals it's it's just one of those buildings you like to play in and and uh, the histor historically the caps have had good success against them but i don't know of all those matchups um <laughs> i think the rangers one would be the most entertaining but Things that things could get shook up now with, uh, you know, with the little heater that the caps are going on.
1: Carl, I imagine you've still got like buddies on the team and you send text messages with guys that are in the room. How hard is it doing a podcast? I mean, not sharing too much, not giving away. Like, how are you striking this balance of being a guy so recently removed and now, you know, kind of doing a, a media thing?
4: Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's extremely challenging. And, yeah. uh, and and the other co-host is uh, Stephen Wino and he's, you know, he's, he's been writing for, for years right. and you know, it's, it's a, almost a bit of an unwritten rule. You know, you don't, you don't give the media a whole lot. And so, so my co-host is a media member and I'm, uh, <laughs> he's I guess, just I guess digging right at you? <laughs> yeah, I'm essentially a, a media member too. Like I, I do some stuff for NBCSN now as well. And so I, I got to find that balance. You know, I, I I like to occasionally ask for some info, but I'm never going to relay that info, you know, to, to somebody else. I'm going to form my opinion maybe based off of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the the guys respect that. And, and the nice thing is too, like some of the coaching staff has been there for a while as well. So, you know, I can occasionally pick their brain on, on what's going on and how they're, how they're preparing. And, you know, I'm not going to go out and say, yeah, the the caps are going to play two on two and pressure (laughs) off every neutral zone face off tonight. But you know, at least I know that they're going to maybe come out a little little hard tonight because of what's been going on. You know, little details like that. So it's tough. I try not to reach out unless there's something, you know, very important that, that I feel like I need to be a little bit more dialed into. And uh, hopefully
0: they respect that. Carl, the only balance you need to worry about is – your checking balance. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, Kipper, you got experience <laughs> in this. Uh, any advice, Nick Kiprios?
0: <laughs> you, I just gave it to yeah, him. Yeah. Right. Make sure you you know you where your 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 cash is coming on your next checking balance you know, uh, paying deposit. Paying, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's all you need to know <laughs> in, uh, on this side of the business. Uh, tonight, we're all obviously looking forward to uh, a Matthews and Ovechkin. Uh, we've had. 350 goal scores is uh, Chris Kreider recently joined uh, earlier this week and uh, Ovechkin's next uh just what you've been able to see all season long out of of out of Ovi and uh the demise at his age perhaps by some at the beginning of the season uh greatly uh, over exaggerated
4: Yeah, well I I think everybody was kind of like, you know, averaging out over the next 5 years like okay, he's got to score 37 a year or whatever it was and, and then he's going to get there and, and they i guess no one really expected him to come out and, and almost get 50 i mean i i'm assuming he's going to get there um but I, I don't think too many people would have thought he would have been you know even 45 goals this year it's it's pretty crazy it's pretty, pretty crazy to see and he's been he's been an assist man too it's uh i don't know i i guess i would have assumed that that he was uh if it was me, at least I'd be shooting absolutely everything. And maybe other players are thinking that too, because he's been passing a lot more and he's got, he's actually got great hands and great vision. So it's uh, it's been pretty, pretty neat to see giving himself a little bit more breathing room in that, that uh, chase chase towards Gretzky, but it's, it's just so much fun to watch. I mean, he doesn't throw the body around as much as he used to, which was probably the most unique thing about him as a goal scorer. At uh, that top tier level, but at the same time, it's still still fun to see him hit a one timer, and it's still fun to see him battle in front of that and tip pucks in and and celebrate the way he does. So it's it's been great, but I don't know. I'm I'm also very very high on Matthews and uh, watching what he's been doing because I just love the way he shoots the puck. I love his his intensity, and you can see his game already starting to round out even more. And he's only been in the league for, well, I don't even know what it is, five, six years, five years. Yeah. seems like forever, but it's it, the, both these guys enjoy Like, how do, how do we have three, maybe four or 50 goal scorers already? Like when, when was the <laughs> last time we saw that? It's, yeah. It's just wild to see.
1: Well, it is. It's, you know, goal scoring is up kind of all over uh, around the league. And, which brings me to the the next guy I want to ask you about is Sidney Crosby, a guy you spent a lot of time on the ice against, you know, probably having another top 10 heart trophy season. The guy's been unbelievable for the Penguins. You know, how, how is a guy like that, how, these elite players like that, how are they able to sustain their ability as they as they age out and lose some of the raw physical tools?
4: I wish I knew and I'd still be playing. <laughs> That's what I, I wish I had that serum. Cause, uh, I, I don't understand it. Honestly, right. they, they gotta be doing, I mean, obviously they got some insane natural ability, but their work ethic has to be at another level as well to, to go along and, and do what they're doing. Uh, I mean, it, and Sid's also a guy that I guess I have a, you could say I have a love hate relationship with that guy. Cause I absolutely hate playing against him, but I, you know, love what he's done for Canada. And I, I really, really respect his game. And, you know, I've, I think I heard you guys, I don't know if it was yesterday talking about, you know, how Matthews could completely take over a game. And I've, I've watched Sidney Crosby completely take over playoff games multiple times against us. And it's been frustrating and he (laughs) continues to do that when he wants to do it. So, I mean, it's that that's the bar, you know, try and, try and get your players to play like that, see how he can elevate his game and consistency was something that was always harped on to me as a, as a young guy, you know, you want to be reliable and consistent and those guys have been all of that.
0: When you think about uh, guys that can hit like a Mack truck in the playoffs, uh, two guys that stand out for me is Ovechkin and Wilson. Is there still an element in their game that they can physically take over uh, a team, can we expect the Washington Capitals on this recent run to come in tonight and, and try to manhandle the Leafs, who don't have that reputation for either you know hitting back or, or or getting into those scrums or those battles? This is a team that wants to skill it up. Can we expect that type of pace tonight out of Washington?
4: They, I mean, they have to bring that. Yeah, that's that's the how the team is built. You know, they're they're big. They're you know they're rough um really heavy forechecking team and and that's why one of the reasons why they've been playing better as of late they're they're just on you all the time on the forecheck they aren't afraid to run through you and and as soon as you decide to jump out of the way they they got enough skill to take the puck and score so that's that's i think how you beat the leafs uh at least maybe one of the ways you try to beat the leafs um so i'm expecting to see that you know they're going on the road. First game on the road of uh, a pretty long road trip. You never quite know how, how that's going to be. But um, you know if if they're sticking with what their, what their identity is supposed to be, then uh, yeah, we should expect that.
1: Carl, when you look around the league and, and forecast the Stanley Cup playoffs, there a team that catch your eye that you really like? Maybe out west. We've been talking about the east quite a bit. Is there anyone that you think going into the playoffs is uh, may, maybe either unsung or has the best chance?
4: Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see, to see Colorado, you know, make a, make a real run at it. Obviously. I think most people are, that's kind of the easy answer. Um, but I think it would be fun. It'd be fun to watch them go, go on a run. Like (laughs) that. imagine going into the Stanley cup final into, into Denver and you can barely breathe and then you gotta, (laughs) you gotta play that team that's skating as fast as they do. Uh, It would just be an insanely hard matchup. I would love to see a Canadian team. Yeah. I'd love to see, see Calgary, maybe, uh, you know, do some yeah. damage too. Uh you know, I, I have a, a lot of love for that city spent a lot of years there. So I would really enjoy seeing that. Um, but yeah, out West, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for, I mean, v- Vegas I'd say is probably my favorite Western conference team right now, but I know they've had some, some controversy and some I- injury issues. So let's leave them out of it. Um, <laughs> so my second favorite would be, uh, would be watching Colorado get, get on a run.
0: One more for me uh going into tonight's game in the in the category Carl of goalies that have never done it before uh going into the playoffs, Washington falls into that with a handful of other teams, uh some Sanoff and Vanacek uh battling out who gets game one and who ultimately is the better goalie to lead washington
4: that is a great question uh it's been been the topic for quite a while especially approaching the trade deadline there you know what what does the team do do they go out there and try and find a guy that that's you know a little bit better maybe a little bit more consistent or experienced it was back and forth back and forth and then uh, vtech Vanacek started playing pretty darn good and uh, I think they decided that whatever they could get probably wasn't worth it and and let's let's roll the dice but you know since then vtechs had a bit of a Bit of a stumble, um, and and Samsonov's back in, and now he's in favor. So, I don't think it's the ideal situation where you you know hop back and forth. You uh, know it's happened. I don't know how often it, it works out, but it's it's what they've got right now. And as of today, it seems like Samsonov's the guy. As of a week ago, I think it was it was Vanacek. So I, uh, who's your guy? Guess, Who is your guy? My guy is Vanacek, but I'm going to I'm going to put my money on Sampsonov being uh, the guy to go with.
0: Well, oh, that's the first round uh, they're done. They're oh, done. Man. Come on, now. <laughs> they're 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 done. If if you're questioning it and they go opposite you, um I don't know. I don't
4: know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you sometimes you like a guy and it doesn't matter what they do, you go with him. So, yeah. he's my guy. You go, like with, the, them until, like, you the go with them until you don't go with him.
0: Hey, Carl, really appreciate your time, man. All the best to you and, and uh, the, the podcast, and uh, uh, welcome back anytime here on the show. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I
4: appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. All's caps. Check it out.
0: Now, does Wilson come in tonight and just try to run their show? It was...
1: Matthews is cross-checking last time people I remember. in the head, Kipper. He's not afraid. He's cross-checking people in the head now.
0: You know, do you remember the, the game in Washington? It got a little greasy, didn't it? Hathaway running around a little bit.
2: It always does with them. They just got guys They're that great. They just see you know, from the top down. Wilson. It just yeah. trickles down. All and the guys play
0: three feet bigger than they are. Like, you know. I mean, I, I if if they didn't have it the other night, if their energy was down, and you know they just didn't bring it against Buffalo. Okay, I get that. But there was no no trickle effect off of that Darlene. Matthews cross check. Nothing. I think think if the Leafs would have even drawn a little bit juice out of that, it would have been a better look for them, even if they would have still lost. I I just don't like that we're checking our emotions at the door before this game starts. That's the part that bothered me the most.
1: I talked to someone who works in the NHL He listens to our show, and he said that what we didn't talk about enough yesterday – about how the Leafs always get beat by Buffalo. They have a hard time with Ottawa is that for these teams, it is a much bigger game than it is for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is a big game when you're out of the playoffs Mm -hmm. and you're a lottery team and you're playing the Leafs. It's a huge, it's one of the biggest games of the year for the Buffalo Sabres players. They're the most media exposure. They're in front of friends and family. This is Sammy's point. Often Ottawa has it too for the Leafs. It's another game. uh, And so drawing uh, that emotion was something they should have done.
0: and that's been said for 40 plus years that there's but the leafs are good it's a, it's now The leafs haven't been good for 40 uh, plus. Yeah, Ontario kids come in, it's a big stage, have a big night here and it's like national coverage at some point though. You know, you got to you got to have a you got to have a leaf team that just can see it and, you and make rise guys above it every
1: night though Kipper. you can't get guys to carry 82 oh, times the gosh. same level you can't less um
0: less than a handful of or you know less than 10 games in and now you're saying that uh it's okay i'm taking the night off i don't know right. I, I, that, that bothers it, me
2: but- so uh just quick note on ov versus the leafs 51 games against toronto 41 goals 33 <laughs> assists is that good 74 <laughs> points uh the only uh he scored A lot against a lot of people. But Alder brought up the Carolina Hurricanes. That's who he has the most goals against is the Carolina Hurricanes. 46 goals against them. Wow. But he's also played almost double the amount of games against the, Can- the Canes. Yeah, at least yeah like
1: 100
2: so. games and so, 46 so goals. He's got
1: 41 and he 51 against the Leafs. He absolutely owns
2: the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I really feel – I thought it would be a bigger number, which is how much in my mind I feel like he owns the Leafs. Anyways,
1: he just steals their out. lunch money. Well,
0: we'll get into that with Keith Jones. He's going <laughs> to join us after the break. He also played against them when they stunk for a long time in yeah. the 2000s. Anyways, Former Washington Capital, Keith Jones. All right. We'll take a quick break. We're right back. Real Kipper and Bourne after the break.
2: The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Red Wings tickets on April 26th is Ernie.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Waiting on Keith Jones, former NHLer, current NHL analyst with TNT, does a terrific job. A guy that uh, our paths crossed in Washington. No, or no, no. We were, were actually teammates for like a short period of time. Oh.
1: You fight with him, and Do then, you, uh,
0: <laughs> then I got traded. Ah, wow.
1: he. I was just saying to you, he was an impactful player. Like watching him growing up, a guy.
0: Physical, hit, scored. We're just pumping your tires, Jonesy. Are we remembering you better than you really were?
5: You are, but I I, I missed the start of it, though, but I'd love to hear it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, jog my memory. um, Did you come, like, in training camp after school? Were you pulled out of school? What happened?
5: I well, I arrived in uh, Baltimore after my senior season at Western Michigan. Okay, and so in those days, of, of those days, of course, you uh, were the property of whatever team drafted you, and you had no options. Even if you stayed four years, they they had you. If they wanted you, they kept you. If they didn't, they just told you to get lost.
0: So now is after your fourth year, you can declare yourself a UFA and you're saying that you couldn't do that back when you played.
5: Exactly. Yep. Even as it didn't matter how long you stayed in college, the team had your rights and then they had the right to offer you a contract or release you. But you did not have the right after four years to pick a team if you did not like the offer you were getting for the team that drafted you.
1: Jones, yeah, I was picking through your, uh, your your page here, and I saw that you played eight games the next season with the Baltimore Skipjacks. Uh, were those at the start of the year or the end of the year? Because you scored seven times in eight games. Looks like you forced them to call you up.
5: Yeah, you know what? I, it was at the start of the year. I played the last six games the year before. We had a whole bunch of guys arrive in Baltimore, kind of like what's happening in Philly, right now, and other places where the blood of the collegiate players are coming up. We had Steve Connell uh, we had John Slaney, we had Brad Schlegel, we had, wow. I think there was six or eight of Byron Defoe, Olaf Kolzig. It was an amazing influx of players that arrived in Baltimore to play for Barry Trotz, who was coaching the team, and of course, David Poyle was the GM in Washington. And then the next season, they sent me down. I argued with David Poyle up and down and all around, which he'll, he'll still talk about to this day. Uh, but he was making a mistake, but he knew that uh, I needed a little more seasoning. So I went down and played well and did have, the I guess, what, seven goals in eight games and maybe 10 points at that time. Mm-hmm. And the last game I played in Baltimore, we lost 10-8 to eight to Utica <laughs> at home. I had two power play goals, and Utica scored into an empty net to make it 10-8, and I was chasing the ref around the the inside of the uh, <laughs> arena, and Paul Gardner was an assistant coach, and he goes, the game's over. What are you worried about? You know, I said, I was on the ice for that goal against that, that uh, empty netter, and I believe the buzzer went before. <laughs> <it."> <laughs> I didn't want the minus, eh? <laughs> I was, The best part is I was minus seven in the game yeah you're minus 10 over eight games (laughs) minus seven seven I've never heard of that in my life (laughs) minus seven and I got called up the next night (laughs) and played played the next 71 games in the NHL with one interruption after game 49 I had a contract that said if I played 50 games in a season, my contract would become a one-way
0: deal. Huge, and huge after, clause. After
5: the yeah, after the forty-ninth game, and we were on a winning streak. Terry Murray came to me and said, "You're out of the lineup." Oh, and I, it was all I was thinking about was that game fifty, right? And uh, I, I was yelling at him. I was. He goes, "I don't know what your contract is." I go, "You're lying."
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are liars. <laughs> yeah, that's a lie. Oh, Face so liars.
5: It was the best. So then I got uh, scratched for that game. We lost, which to be honest, I was happy about. And I got back into the lineup. And I remember taking the warm-up. I never used to wear my helmet, you know, so I thought it was pretty cool. For game number 50, I wore my <laughs> helmet in the warm-up because I was going to make sure I got that first shift in. And when after the shift ended, I was like the fourth line to go out on the ice. I came by the bench and when the whistle blew for a face-off, I high-fived the whole bench. And I was smiling. I said, I'm here now, boys. You're not getting rid of me. So, crazy times.
1: Jonesy had 12 goals and 124 PIMs in those games. That you is earned it.
0: your money. That's a fantastic story. Thanks for uh, for sharing that with us. And uh, we're seeing today's college kids, and, and we just said, uh, a lot more leverage. So the Adam Foxes of the world or the the VCs, they get drafted. They get to pick. Yeah, I'm not going to sign. I'm, I'm going to declare myself a free agency. A lot more leverage today. But how has that whole uh, college to the NHL evolved over the years uh, through your eyes? It used to be, or at least feel, from my opinion, that clubs would look at players coming out of college as just complete found money. Um, but it, it's it's a lot more now. Is it evolved to the point where now there's there's much greater amount of talent or are you still trying to cherry pick the best of the best?
5: I think there's a lot more talent. Um, And just Adam Fox is the one guy that really stands out and Cal McCarr, right? These guys are coming out of college and they're up for the Norris trophy within a season or two. I mean, that's how far college hockey has advanced. A lot of times there was big question marks about players that were coming out of college. Some of the best players, In college, the most productive players did not turn in to NHL players. And other guys like Rob Blake and Nelson Emerson jumped in and were outstanding National Hockey League players. But the defense position, I think, is probably the one that really stands out to me because they're mature. They've, you know, played against men in many cases. Some of the collegiate teams have 23-, 24-year-old players. And they've learned how to excel in a kind of a professional environment where, you know, working out and getting stronger, much like the guys that are playing college football, is a big part of college hockey as well. So they're more NHL ready, I think, when they arrive now, Kipper, than they were back in my day.
1: So the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, are poised right now to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Were the season to end today, it's not going to end today. They could still very well end up with Tampa Bay, with uh, Boston, or with even Florida who should the Leafs be hoping to draw? Who do you think they match up best against? I know there's no easy answer here for them. Uh, What's your take on it?
5: For me, it's whoever they would be underdogs against. Yeah. Because I think, I think that's where Toronto finally can gain an advantage. They want to be at the point where their fans don't believe that they can win. And I think the Maple Leafs and that's the situation. Yeah. They, that's, I think that's where you want them to be. I think you want the fans to be thinking going into the series that the Leafs are not going to win the Stanley cup. And I think that's going to be, you know what this team needs to do to try to get over the top battle as an underdog and have the us against the world mentality and go out there and put it all together. And there's nothing that says to me that this team is not capable of making a run that, can put them in a position to win a Stanley Cup.
0: The best team that can do that for the Leafs is Tampa Bay.
5: It is, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, struggling right now, right? They they haven't played well for 20 games. Everyone's kind of under the belief that they're taking a breather before the playoffs roll around, and they probably are. But the Leafs match up against them. There's no reason they can't beat them, but I think, to the least advantage will be the fact that Tampa will be favored, and the Maple Leafs should look at them like they are the better team. They have proven to be the better team uh, when the games mean the most, but it doesn't mean the Leafs can cannot break through. Much like Tampa broke through going back a couple of seasons ago after Columbus had beat them out, uh, you know, the previous year in four straight games.
1: You know, we had, uh, we played a clip earlier on the show of Sheldon Keith talking about Matthews versus Ovechkin and, and they're, you know, comparing the two of them. He basically reached the conclusion. There's not a whole lot in common in the way they sc- uh, score their goals. What, what have you seen over Austin Matthews this year? Um, you know, that seems different than, than Ovechkin that makes you, uh, I guess, makes him stand out in the line of great goal scorers the NHL has seen.
5: Yeah, for Ovi, a lot of what you think of is the big one-time blast on the power play, right? And sitting in his office and firing away. For Matthews, he scores from all areas of the ice. And in many cases, he, you know, uses his great size and ability to protect the puck to put himself in positions to score those goals. The hands are incredibly quick. Uh, I, I just can't imagine what he did to get to that point as far as having a skill set like that. Uh, he certainly trained a lot differently than I did. And the fact that he can shoot the puck and release it the way that he does is a little bit different than uh, than a lot of the players that I've watched that were great goal scorers in the game. So I do think he's a unique talent. And you don't often find centermen that can shoot the puck like that either. I guess the exception to that rule this year is, and and in the last few seasons, is Drysidel, because I think he's very similar in some ways. But Ovechkin's an incredibly unique unique talent based upon the fact that everyone knows where he's going to score from, and he's done it, what, 700 and something times, and they can't stop him.
0: And you need playmakers, elite talent. Backstrom's been that guy. We know he's missed, uh, what, uh, almost half the season because he was injured. Uh, but the the other guy, it, the key for me in all of this is Kuznetsov, and I, I I thought he had, I thought his days were over, Jonesy, when it came to yeah. his future in Washington. And quietly, he's become that player he was in 2018 when he could have easily won the uh, the con Smythe.
5: There's no doubt about that. I did a game the other day when I was down at ice level, um, for TNT. And I was impressed with his demeanor around his teammates. Looks like he's having a lot of fun. Looks like he's focused a little bit more than I've seen him previously. But most importantly, it looks like he's an important part of the puzzle there as far as the chemistry on the team goes as well. And sometimes when a player gets himself in trouble, underperforms, uh, teammates can alienate that guy to the point where, He does kind of push himself out of town. Looks like the Capitals players actually like him, and it looks like he's enjoying playing there. I think that's probably one of the reasons we're seeing him get his game back to where we know he's capable of playing. He's obviously an extremely talented individual, but looks like he lost his way for a couple of years.
1: Jonesy, I think we've gotten ahead of ourselves. Um, in well, I don't know about hockey media in general. On Twitter, it's certainly a case where we're excited about goal scoring, and then and the NHL is changing. The Leafs went ahead and built a smaller, skilled team. Every time we get to the playoffs, the same stuff seems to work, right? It's you know physical play and it's defense and it's goaltending, and it comes back to all the hockey classics. This year, the goal scoring has gone to another level. It's the highest it's been in twenty years. Um, you know, tons of goals going in the net. Do you think the game is changing enough to where a team who scores as a priority is sort of the thing they do best could see postseason success? Or do you think it's always going to come back to the, to what's always had success in the past?
5: I think it might be time for that team to go out and win. You know, I, yeah. I think of Colorado as one of those teams, right? I yeah. mean, they don't really have a third line grind line that has become such an important factor for teams that win Stanley cups, but would i be concerned about them going up against Minnesota or Nashville. Yeah, I would. And I know Joe Sackick's addressed, you know, some issues as far as toughness. And a lot of it has to, you know, where players are placed on the back end there, like having a healthy Eric Johnson helps having McDermott around if necessary helps. Uh, you know, He's got some bigger, stronger defensemen than he's had in the past. And picking up Manson from, you know, Anaheim certainly helps in that regard as well. So it's not like they lack those type of players, but their third line is not your prototypical. We're going to win a Stanley Cup, and our third line is going to be huge, much like Tampa's was over the last two seasons, especially last season. So yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But I do think there is some teams that have made a concerted effort. To, make sure that they make it really difficult on a team that's trying to win that way.
0: Josie, I did not have Chris Kreider scoring 50 goals before Ovechkin and just the style of play of, of the goal scoring is as, as we stay on that topic for me, it's, it's like watching Tim Kerr all over again, right? Where he's just, yeah. you, Hey, don't give me the puck unless I'm standing right here. And eventually, I know where the puck's got to get. I'm just going to hang around here. I mean, there's not. I know there's not a lot of Tim Kerrs or there's not a lot of Chris Kreiders, uh, but there's enough where. Why aren't you copying this? Because there's some nights, and I got to play and gotta spend be time. Huge. I got to spend some time with Tim Kerr. And every once in a while, you go into the slot, and there'd be slivers still on the ice from defensemen. Breaking their sticks on this guy and and him not moving—that's not the case anymore. There should be a lot more room. Like a Tim Kerr may have may have well scored seventy goals in in today's game.
5: Yeah, and his back wouldn't hurt as much. The, the rule change, right? Sure. That's the one area I would I, I can say the the one of the beneficial parts of changing and emphasizing more the cross checking has given the opportunity for a lot more players to get to those high-traffic areas and be able to set up shop and get in position to use their hand-eye coordination. And James Van Riemsdyk, the former Leaf, who's with the Flyers, he's got 20 goals this year, but he hasn't used it to his benefit as much as you would have anticipated. Uh, But players with the ability to tip pucks are given a great gift now because they're not going to take a beating. And they can get themselves in spots where Kreider has demonstrated uh that can be really beneficial for guys that have the willingness to get in there. But you don't have to be as willing as you were before. You're not gonna get crushed. Your upper back, lower back and back of your legs and back of your neck aren't gonna hurt as much. <laughs> it's a it's a different place to be. I mean I I would have loved to play in that spot. Oh boy. And I'd be I'd be trying to knock people over to get in that position on the power play. Because you'd turn a twenty guy, twenty goal guy into a forty goal guy in a hurry. And you know, so, with that, I, yeah,
1: sorry, Jones, yep. just to say you don't have to be as big, and and it's an option for a place you can play. And and the Leafs have seen Michael Bunting, a guy who likes to be at the front of the net more than some of the other guys, have quite a bit of success this year. What are your thoughts on on his Calder candidacy? Is he someone that you think? You know, he's almost twenty six years old. He's leading rookies in scoring. What are your thoughts on his his chances?
5: Yeah, I, I don't think there's a cut and dry choice. To be honest with you, I, none of the top guys would surprise me. Cider was the guy that really stood up, stood up to me just based upon the position that he was playing and how well he had played it. But his play has not been great, and the Red Wings have been, you know, getting scored on uh, with great frequency lately. So Bunting's right in the mix there, and he's done a very good job. Some will say while well, he plays with Matthews and Marner, you. To to stay with those type of players speaks volumes about how good you are because if you're not producing, if you're not fitting in, you're not going to be there for more than five games. So I've I've always been one to give praise to players like Mike Knubel that were great playing with guys like Joe Thornton or Peter Forsberg. You know when those guys got opportunities, the Knubel types, which I think Bunting is in that category, uh, they deserve those chances because. They stayed, they arrived, they got their chance, and they didn't leave the top lines. So they're top line players that, you know, if you put them on the third line are not going to be as noticeable. They're not able to carry other players, but they are able to elevate star players games and be a great complementary piece. So I do believe that's what he is. And I do believe he's put himself in position to be at least in the uh, argument on who, and uh, win the Calder Trophy this year. But I do appreciate young stars that bring other players with them. And I think Sider is a player that has the capabilities of doing that. And I personally would still give him the Calder Trophy. Uh, I do think he's going to be in that prong or mold by the time all things are said and done.
0: One more for me, Jonesy, before we let you go. And if we're going to stay on major awards, the MVP and... Uh... How important are the next uh, handful of games uh, to say a guy like Austin Matthews to close this thing out?
5: Yeah, it's not over yet. I can tell you that. right? Try to pick one of the what six best in the league right now this season. Huberdo is a guy that really stands out to me, especially with the success that the Florida Panthers have had. Johnny Gaudreau's had a good season. I think he's going to fall a little bit short, but Calgary's been unbelievably good. Matthews as an individual has been incredibly important to the Maple Leafs and the goal scoring numbers are awesome. No doubt about it. Shesterkin in New York was great. I think he's drifted a little bit recently. So that will hurt him. Yossi's done his part. If he gets to a hundred points, how do you keep him out of the top three? It'd be really difficult to do And McDavid's doing what McDavid does. Do you punish him because he's not 40 points ahead of everybody else? You know, it's I I would have him in my top three. Personally, I would have Matthews there as well, and I would have Huberto as my third choice, but a guy that still has a chance to win it.
0: Just make sure Leaf fans vote, that's all.
5: That's it. That's what Sammy (laughs) wants,
0: Leaf fans voting. Well,
5: well, the Leaf fans should be happy that they've got Austin Matthews to watch for the next decade. They're lucky. Jonesy, where's your next call, bud? Saturdays. From here, uh, Flyers and Sabers, but nice. we're not traveling. We're not traveling to Buffalo for the game, so we're actually staying back on that one. And we've got a few Canadian games in Canada that we're not going to as well. So this Flyer season is unwinding quickly, and that's probably a good thing. It's been a long year here.
0: We love having you on the show, Jonesy. And we're going to lean on you uh, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, pal. Okay.
5: Yep, look forward to it, guys. Always good to catch up. Keith
0: Jones, everybody, hey, former NHLer, TNT analyst.
1: Fascinated by his story.
0: Great, <laughs> that was such a big deal going from uh, a two-way yeah. to a one-way.
1: So, did you have something similar where yes. you were a two-way? I,
0: I went to I went to Washington's training camp without a contract. I I bought my own insurance to go to training camp instead of just sitting out. Really? Then I went through the whole training camp. And then David Poyle says to me, uh, "I'm only offering you a two-year deal." And my agent at the time, my advisor, says, 2 year two-way." I'm sorry, you say two-year no, deal, two-way, a two-way, two-way. Deal. two-way, okay. two-way. Yeah. Uh, salary in the NHL, salary in the American Hockey right. League, which was like twenty-five grand. Uh, no, maybe by then it was up to forty, um, but significantly less. Right. And my uh, my advisor says okay, you still at the rink? I said, yeah, I'm still at the rink. Okay, you're going to go back into the main dressing room and you're going to pull out your hockey bag and you're going to fill your equipment up and you're going to go get your sticks, get half a dozen sticks, tie them up, but don't go too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Just take your time doing it, but look like you have a a bit of an edge, right? So toss in, like, you know, throw your equipment in there. Don't, you know, so... One of the few of the trainers see me. I know there's going to be a phone call somewhere else. They asked me what's going on. I said, I'm done. Uh, you know, uh, have no contract. I, I got to leave. Yeah. So as I start going out the building, I get to the parking lot. Somebody comes and grabs me. I go back in. I got my one-way contract.
1: No way. The yeah. bluff
0: worked. A bluff worked. What would you have done? Just you would have legit left? Gone home. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, gone home. No, no, you don't. You don't... uh nah, i just kidding. Go hang your no, stuff no, back up. No bluff. No <laughs> low, low bluffs. You yeah. cannot... You've got to go the distance after that. And yeah. I couldn't have gone anywhere else anyways because I have no contract, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't matter. But you'd have been...
1: People know your name. Yes. You I mean, someone So then I got coming.
0: my hundred and... I went one way on, on I think, close to 200 grand yeah. with no... No American Hockey League salary, but that's great. Uh, that's did, Jonesy's story too. Love Jonesy too. wearing a did, bucket for a warm right? up. Uh, did you go dash seven in any of those games? <laughs> dash. dash seven, Jesus, dash seven That has to be a professional hockey I, record. His, I could go
2: play in a pickup skate in Toronto, and I wouldn't go dash seven. It's
1: his his uh, elite prospects page or wherever you get your stats, Hockey DB. Yeah. Fascinating. Watching or looking at his AHL numbers: six points in six games in the American League, ten points in eight games in the American League, twelve points in six games in the American League. Why was he playing six games the next year after he had a great NHL season? Yeah. Got a one way. Well, hmm. the
0: best with him is is just the edge that he brought, right? Uh, and yeah. that was always kind of something that always was missing in the Washington Capitals organization. the The perception is they always got the crap kicked out of them by the Flyers. Yeah. Right.
1: The Flyers always went yes. into Washington. Well, the Flyers yeah. beat, kicked the crap out of everyone know, for you're right. a while there. You're
0: right. Not anymore.
1: Not so much.